Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. Eat that word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to his purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. It is day 65 of our 90-day challenge, and our topic for today is you, yes, you, are gifted and talented. I want you to write that down, put it in the chat, you, yes, you, find somebody and tell them directly, you. Sister Spice, you, Pastor Reed, you, Ben, you, Nikaya, find somebody in the chat and tell them you, not them, but you, are God's gifted and talented. We're reading from Romans 4, 1 through 25, but I want to invite a guest lecturer in today to give a phenomenal breakdown of this text because if you can't tell by now, I've been trying my best to show you how some of the work that you think is hard is actually easier when you find community in Christ. And there are people who have done it before that you need to spotlight so that they can also contribute to the divine library of purpose. And today I stumbled upon a phenomenal Bible teacher. He does daily Bible readings on a consistent basis, and his YouTube channel is titled Branch Together. I highly recommend it, particularly because we are starting to wind down. We're on day 60 of our 90-day challenge, and I know what this means. That means you all will be looking to me after day 91 like um, an addicted candy lover asking, what's next? Sugar is the love of my life. And so as we prepare for these final 30 days, I want to give you as many resources as possible that will connect you to consistent Bible study. And I have been thoroughly blessed by this Bible study. I want to share it with you today. Here's a review of Romans 4, and then I'll come back afterward and talk a little bit about its connection to purpose. Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh, has discovered regarding this matter? For if Abraham was declared righteous by the works of the law, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now the one who works, his pay is not credited due to grace, but due to obligation. But to the one who does not work, but believes in the one who declares the ungodly righteous, his faith is credited as righteousness. So even David himself speaks regarding the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one against whom the Lord will never count sin. 
Is this blessedness then for the circumcision or also for the uncircumcision? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited to him? Was he circumcised at the time or not? No, he was not circumcised, but uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised, so that he would become the father of all those who believe but have never been circumcised, that they too could have righteousness credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who are not only circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham possessed when he was still uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would inherit the world was not fulfilled through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if they become heirs by the law, faith is empty and the promise is nullified. For the law brings wrath, because where there is no law, there is no transgression either. For this reason it is by faith, so that it may be by grace, with the result that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are under the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the presence of God whom he believed. The God who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. Against hope, Abraham believed in hope with the result that he may become the father of many nations. According to the pronouncement, so will your descendants be. Without being weak in faith, he considered his own body as dead because he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully convinced that what God promised, he was able also to do. So indeed, it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. But the statement it was credited to him was not written only for Abraham's sake, but also for our sake, to whom it will be credited, those who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was given over because of our transgressions and was raised for the sake of our justification. In Romans 4, Paul moves into a discussion about Abraham. Abraham is the patriarch of the nation of Israel, God's people throughout the Old Testament scriptures. He is one of the central figures of the Old Testament. There's Adam, there's Abraham, there's Moses, there's David. That's your Old Testament Mount Rushmore. And Paul has all of them in mind as he's writing Romans. They, they keep popping up or they keep being alluded to. Now, Paul is continuing his arguments from chapter 3, and he leads with a question. Was Abraham their father? Was he set right or justified by God by his works or by faith? For Paul, the answer is clear. Abraham believed the promises of God and he was credited or counted righteous. It's not about the works, but about the faith he had in God. In verses 9 to 13, Paul explains that this faith of Abraham comes before the mark of circumcision. The circumcision was a sign of the faith, like a wedding ring is the sign, not the actual thing. This means Abraham isn't just the father of the circumcised, but of all who believe. This promise of God also didn't come through the law, 
but before the law and through faith. It all depends on faith. This is because the promise always rests on God's grace. That is, trusting God to be the righteous one, the deliverer, the redeemer, the keeper of his promises. God calls Abraham before he was circumcised or before he was a law keeper. God, in his grace, delivers Israel while they are in slavery. He does this before they could keep a law. And to jump ahead to chapter 5, God proves his love and grace towards all of us, even today, in that while we were sinners, while we were lawbreakers, while we were breakers of our intended purpose to love God and one another, while we were all of that, God in his grace sends Jesus to die for us. It all depends on faith. And Abraham is put forward in this chapter as our example. He kept his faith in the promises of God. Even though he was really old and had no kids, he trusted that God would make him the father of many nations. He was convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Now, these words, it was counted or credited to him, these words about faith were not just for Abraham. Paul says they were for his readers as well. And today we can read this and say, yeah, these words are for us as well. We receive the same credit, the same deliverance and justification when we believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. It's about faith. Abraham was trusting in the promises of God. That promise comes to fulfillment in Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. We have faith in the one who raised Jesus from the dead for our justification. So, two things to consider today. Look at Romans 1.32 and recall the whole second half of Romans 1. And then reread chapter 4, verses 24 to 25. How is Jesus undoing or answering the problem of a broken humanity gone astray? Jesus was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. What does that mean for you? Do you get that? Do you believe that? What questions do you still have about that? There's a, a great children's song called Father Abraham. It goes, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Then right arm, right, left arm. It goes on and on like a Christian version of doing the hokey pokey. Uh, in faith, you are a son or a daughter of Abraham. That means that you are part of this big unfolding story in the Bible. These are your ancestors in faith. Abraham, David, Moses, these righteous followers, uh, people like Mary and Joseph who were in that line and, and seen as righteous people. Um, and even this rabbi pastor, Paul, this is your family in faith. Think about that. When you read the scriptures, you're reading your family history, and that is helping you live out the next chapter in your family's history. Are, are you getting that? And, and what does that mean to you? When you look at these scriptures, you can see it as your family history in faith and that you have the opportunity to live out the next chapter. 
So wasn't that good? Wasn't that explanation of us being family good? Absolutely. So when we tie this particular lesson of us being included in the family of God with the title that I gave you today, you are gifted and talented. I want you to know that you are no exception. The same way that God sees Abraham, God sees you. The same way that God sees Moses or Sarah or David, God sees you. The same way that God sees Peter, God sees you. And if you've ever wrestled with insecurity, I think you know what it's like to dismiss yourself from the table because you just don't feel like you're enough. Today, you are God's gifted. You are God's talented. Don't waste those talents. Don't waste those gifts. You belong at the table. So begin acting like it. So let's start with the recap. Day 65 and you are gifted and talented. I will never forget as a kid feeling super duper special when I was included in the gifted and talented group of folks. We were able to get out of lunch early. We had different assemblies. We were asked by the principal to speak on behalf of the other elementary students. I felt unique because I was gifted. And so are you. But today I want to talk a little bit about the gift of grace. Because in Romans, I think Paul is writing to a people that have fallen short, but forget what it was like to fall. And I want to encourage you today that no matter how high you get, never forget what it was like to fall. Tabitha Brown is now a New York Times bestseller. Her first book, she has 3.5 million followers. And when you actually track her success, you will see that this woman is one of the most authentic and beautifully generous. Her spirit is so pure and so honest. You just love her because you could tell that she just wants to dispense love to the world. And in her brand new book, she opens up the first paragraph with this. I have a question. One that maybe you haven't been asked in a while. What gifts were you born with that you're not using? What are those things that you can say without a shadow of a doubt, I'm gifted in this area? This comes naturally for me. Some people are great at math. Others are great at teaching children. Some folks can sing the paint off the walls and others can draw anything with scary accuracy. So what gifts do you have that you're not using? Tabitha Brown could be uh, a guest lecturer for our purpose study because she started her videos on social media with food and people connected with her love of food and then everything around her changed. Now a best-selling author, now an actor, now your own show on Ellen's digital platform, now the world knows your name because when you are gifted and true to the gifts in you, you don't forget where God has brought you from. So never forget that your purpose path was paved because of the grace of God. Where would you be without his grace? Don't sit as a recipient of his grace in the gifted and talented class and not extend grace to anybody else. Let's get to work. When I look back over my life And I see All the things God's done for me I 
through danger, heartache, and trouble. I thank the Lord, He's rescued me. Oh. 
Thank you. 